All right, here we are. Episode four of At Odds. This is your host, Jared Taylor, co-host, Devin McDonald. What's up? All right, Devin. I'm not going to call you out on your Lakers pick. Rough, man. Rough no. week. That's that's just the way it goes. You find what you identify as an edge, you make a bet, and sometimes it cashes, sometimes it doesn't. I mean... Yeah, I don't know if we talked about it on here or not, but... Uh... I mean, the Lakers, they, 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 they didn't have the depth. I mean, but they had two of the top ten players in the league, and when one of those guys goes down, uh, you see what happens. So. Yeah. That kind of just goes into our whole mantra and motto. Though, like, we don't promise locks, guarantees, perfect picks. No scamdy capping. You know, we're telling you the odds that we're placing – or the tickets that we're betting at the odds that the sports books are providing. We're not – we're not shaving numbers here or, or padding them there. So if anybody's telling you that, oh, I got a lock, I got a guarantee, be wary. Yeah, it may cash, but chances are it's not going to cash. With that being said, bet responsibly. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. There's all different types of avenues to get help. If you have a problem, please reach out, get the help. All right, Devin, we're going to kind of shake things up. Usually, this segment, we like to talk PGA, but there's something just a little bit more exciting right now. And guys, we love betting golf, but College Baseball World Series, it's coming up. Um, they had the regionals this weekend. Today is June 5th, uh, the regionals. Devin and I, and even producer Tim, over the week, we've been talking back and forth. And if you follow the Twitter, you've seen kind of who I like, but we've been back and forth talking about all this. I like Ole Miss, 20 to 1. And I also like Arkansas at 6. Uh, plus 650. Yeah, plus 650. And the reason why is the same thing. Arkansas and Ole Miss have, they both have two of the top 50 pitchers on their staff. Mm-hmm. As we've seen in this tournament, regional, super regional, that, you got to win those to get to Omaha. But once you get to Omaha, you got to have fundamental baseball with solid pitching. Um, and if you can have two starters, that can go pitch five, six, seven innings to where you can use your bullpen for other days, you, you tend to go a lot further. Um, one of the things about being in Omaha is home runs are a premium. Um, the fields are the fields just huge, man. Huh? So if you have a good home run team, they, they usually don't do well in Omaha. Um, I know Tim, even though he's not here, Tim likes Texas plus 800 mm-hmm. or eight, 80 to 1. Just because their team ERA is the highest in the NCAA, which I think is something to look into, but he also likes Texas Tech at twenty to one. Mm-hmm. And his reason for Texas Tech is that they've been there before. But as we scan through the field before this show, Virginia, Ole Miss, LSU, you know, just there's a bunch of teams that's been to Omaha before. College baseball is very hard to bet, just because. There's not a lot of systems. There's not a lot of information. There's not a lot of television exposure outside of, you know, everybody in Baton Rouge takes it for granted because LSU baseball is always on TV. Right. We were at Hoover for the SEC baseball championship, and the hotel didn't even have the SEC network where they were broadcasting the champion, the tournament. You know, we were just – people aren't like it is down here. Mm-hmm. So baseball doesn't have a lot of fanfare. It's fun to bet because the public doesn't bet it. So whenever you identify line moves, that's because sharp money is is betting these teams. 
and we'll talk more as the episodes go on. We'll get through regional. We'll get through uh, the super regional. And once we get into the tournament, mate, we'll have a better understanding of who's there, who's a faker, and who or who's a pretender, and who's a contender. But Devin, who do you like? Uh, just looking over the odds here, um, I, I like your Arkansas pick at plus six fifty. I mean, especially right now, if I'm if I'm making a bet like with still the regionals and super regionals go, I, I think Arkansas is the best team. Um, not to stay all SEC, but uh, I do like Mississippi State's odds there at plus one thousand. I thought that they, uh, it, correct me if I'm wrong, not a great showing in Hoover, if I'm not mistaken. No, they got uh, run ruled both yeah, games. Yeah, but, but they're a good team. They're a good team with some solid starting pitching. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on both their both those guys' names right now, uh, so I apologize about that. Uh, long shot picks um, going down towards more of the Ole Miss range. You know, I, I like Notre Dame. They they played some really good ball this year at plus thirty three hundred. I think that's a value pick. And look. I have not watched a Gonzaga game until last night when they beat LSU, but they're sitting there at plus 8,500. Just what I saw last night translates really well if they were to make it through the regional and the super regional to Omaha. Um, had a really good starting pitcher, actually pitched a complete game against LSU, and I believe their leading home run hitter has six home runs. They're not a they're not a power-hitting team. That's not what they rely on to get their runs. They they're play a, small ball. They're a team that can put five, six, seven hits together, you know, in a few and expand and, and you know, get runs across the plate. So, um not saying that I'm going to bet Gonzaga. I'm just saying if you're looking at those odds down but, to that level. But if you say Gonzaga's in the tournament, if they make it through Super Regionals, they're a team that can sneak up and play oh, ball I, with anybody. Absolutely. Um, I think you saw that. I'm not sure exactly what year it was, but uh, when UCLA did that, um, the year LSU made it, it was just a team, a lot of, lot of bunts, a lot of no home runs, and they ended up winning the whole thing. And, Again, like I said, baseball is going to be a fun sport to bet. College, I mean, we – we already talk about professional baseball pretty weekly, or weekly, you know, and it's not, hey, I like this matchup, because pitching matchups change, the weather changes, we have delays, and there's all kind of things that affect a baseball game. We'll keep looking. Now the field isn't 216 baseball teams where you got to go try to identify who who's there. It's down to 64, and it's actually less than that because, like, Florida's lost, and they've had some teams eliminated. You start watching, start paying attention to some teams and getting your edge. Is this team a good small ball team? Do they have consistent pitching? Do they play fundamentally sound baseball. Those are the keys to success in Omaha. And baseball is one of those sports you got to be hot at the right time. That's just how it works sometimes with uh, Fresno State yeah. uh, a decade ago. Like just, I wish I want to know what their odds were before that tournament. I'm sure it was – if I'm not mistaken, they were the four seed in their regional, correct? Probably so. Yeah. so they were probably somewhere around – 35 to 50 to 1. Yeah, I, maybe even higher than that. So, yeah, again, Twitter's probably the easiest place to see where we're leaning whenever we're talking baseball. Um, I'm tweeting out a lot of information throughout the week. Hey, I like this pick. This looks nice. Here's a system that's been working. I'm doing some of the legwork. I'm not telling you to necessarily bet me blindly, but if, if you find an edge, and I'm a guy that I look at what other people are betting – people that I respect or, and things like that. And if I find an edge and I'm like, hey, I'm betting the Oakland Athletics tonight, and all of a sudden I see where some respected people are betting Oakland Athletics, it makes me feel just a little bit more confident sure. in my pick. I don't pick Oakland because that's who they're betting, but it helps just make me feel more confident. Yeah, and like we talked about before, uh, baseball is one of those sports that can change and then a pitcher can get scratched from the start. And that, you know, that's happened, that can happen in college too. So uh, Twitter is a good place to follow uh, you for that. Instead of listening to just this podcast and saying, you know what, I'm going to go bet Mississippi State, you know, fo- follow us on Twitter and we'll be uh, we'll be updating that more. You uh, do you know the Twitter handle again? Sorry. At 
at odds pod. The title of it's at odds podcast. Hit us up. Tell us our show stinks. Uh, yeah, tell us something. Please let, let give us some feedback. Uh, we'd love to hear it. I've, I've been getting some feedback from some some of the people that follow us uh, talking about the NBA this week. There was we had a pretty good discussion about the Lakers game seven. And Devin, actually, I took money on the Lakers in Game Seven, but I'll get into that in the NBA section. So, guys, we're going to take a short break, get back to y'all, and come in with just a short section of uh, the Major League Baseball. Stay tuned. All right, here we are, rolling into baseball. Now we're getting to the Major League Baseball. First of all, I, one of the things I tweeted, I got to eat a little crow. I took the Southsiders today against the lefty, and it failed, but. I don't regret that pick. I, I liked it. Again, there's no locks, no guarantees. It's been cash and tickets for us for the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. We were bound to lose lose one. So, again, that just goes to show that these systems, they're not perfect systems, but the odds are in your favor. Something major that happened this week. I'm not sure how many people were aware of the Major League Baseball owners meeting they had this week. But one of the things I got out of it, because it kind of leads back to last week, the discussion we had on the last episode, and I don't, I'm not insinuating that Madison Bumgarner was cheating. Right. Whenever I brought up that stat and this fell in afterwards, I'm not insinuating that. He could have been doing everything right. So please don't take it that, oh, I'm saying Madison Bumgarner was cheating. But in the owner's meeting, it came out that the owners suspect rampant foreign substance use on baseballs by pitchers. That is increasing the spin rate, and it giving the pitchers an edge. Yeah, and which again, is exactly what you brought up about Bumgarner last. Yeah, um, last week. I, again, until he's proven to have cheated, I'm not going to insinuate that he was cheating. But what that doesn't that isn't what gets me. What gets me is is that the owners are afraid because they have a new CBA coming up. They're afraid of the union. So if they catch a pitcher cheating. Instead of an ejection, suspension, fine, they're going to confiscate the gloves. They're going to confiscate the baseball caps. They're going to confiscate the baseball. And then the pitcher will have to get new equipment and go back out there and pitch. This is the most ludicrous thing going on. If the guy is cheating, suspend him, fine him. Just because he's a pitcher, just because you're in a a negotiating year with the players' union, Mm -hmm. you should not... Just say, oh, we're not going to do anything. If you suspect him of cheating and he's not playing by the rules of fair competition, get him out the game. If a guy's using steroids, he faces a ban. If a guy's using a cork bat, he faces a suspension. He's ejected from the game. If a pitcher's using foreign substance to gain an advantage, get him out the game. Because you're not doing anything. What's to stop pitcher A, whoever it is, from having two or three gloves with foreign substance on it, he he loses the first one. He goes another inning or two, and then he loses the second one. Then he goes another inning and then loses the third one. And by that time, it's the fifth or sixth inning. If he's a starting pitcher, he's coming out the game anyway. Yep. This is just a slap in the face to the public. This is an appeasement. Either foreign substances are illegal or they're not. It's either against baseball's rules or it's not. It's either punishable or it's not. Now, outside of this diatribe, how does this affect betting? This is what I think is going to happen. I think unders are going to be a lot better. 
Remember how we had talked in the previous episodes that under, I mean, overs were cashing in? Mm-hmm. I think your unders are going to be a lot better now because now pitchers are going to have slower spin rates, not as many fly balls, a lot more ground balls, a lot more double plays. It's going to affect the actual baseball scores. And this is this is good for sharp betting. Public usually bets home teams. They bet favorites. They bet overs. Overs, right. Um, so you can find some value. Now, I'm Again, I'm not saying that every game is going to cash under, but it's all about finding value. So, just be watching. Maybe maybe Bumgarner's spin rate stays up, and, hey, he's not cheating. Um, but all that Major League Baseball is saying is, hey, please don't do this no more. Well, we're not going to punish you for it. To me, that's a cop-out. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I haven't researched much on it except for what you uh – you sent me the other day, um, and, I, and again, I was a little confused by the article because I couldn't believe that that's what the consensus they had come to, like what they were going to do. It really does affect the integrity of the game, honestly. Again, I agree with you uh, 100%. Either something's illegal or it's not. I mean, you can't say, like, you know, you know what, like if we catch you uh, injecting steroids once, we're just going to tell you no, and then it doesn't make any sense. Because what I worry with is, okay, let's say a pitcher goes through innings you know, one, two, and three, like a starting pitcher does. But let's say, for instance, the Phillies are playing, and then they're down by two, and they get two runners on, and Bryce Harper comes up to play uh, to the plate. What's the what's stopping the manager to go out there, go to the bullpen to a pitcher that has some kind of substance substance on it, just to be able to get that out they need? Like that affects that affects the game. Like, yeah, and, and, and in turn it affects betting, but you know more so. Just the integrity of the game, like it, it takes, it gives the pitcher so much of an advantage against the best players if they can come in. Oh, and, and if they do get caught, oh well, so what? Like just yeah. take their glove and it's done. So I mean, you talk to anybody that bets sports, they still want the integrity of the game. They they want a fair bet. Sure. Nobody really wants to bet, or, you know, if it, if there's cheating going on. Right. You may capitalize on the cheating for a while, but eventually the cheating will turn against you. So. I don't. I don't want to bet on something that's cheating. That's why I don't bet on wrestling. I mean, I know Devin, y'all wrestling fans, but it's scripted. It's fake. You know, it's no, it's, it's it's not fake. First of all, like it's predetermined. I fair. Mean, and again, I don't blame you for not betting on something that's predetermined. Although, pretty easy way to make money if you can get some of the inside scoop of what's going to happen. Yeah, but that's not a fair bet, in yeah, my opinion. That's true. Well, things change so much too. Like you know, you could read some dirt sheets and say that. Oh, Randy Orton's going to win the Royal Rumble, and he's plus two fifty. Well, that's an easy two fifty, and then they change their minds last minute, and you know that's. Uh, I mean, I guess that's the risk you take with all sports, but. And that'll be a talk for another day. The che- the betting of wrestling. Yeah, I'll we'll, let- have to, we'll have to get in a little WWE talk on a special episode. I might go on a rant like Jerry just did about wrestling. So. All right. All right, Devin. Here we go. NBA. Mm-hmm. Kind of already gigged you on the Lakers losing out. I mean, you've gigged, yeah, hey, you've gigged me on Miami. I mean, I think it does say something that both uh, both teams that played in the finals in the bubble are out. Um, we didn't really talk about it on here, but, you know, it's been conversation all year of that, like, playing that late into the year and then starting so soon after could have – I mean, I'm not saying that's what happened, but – It could it, definitely wear down over time. Yeah. Devin, I've got some action tonight. I took the Bucks versus the Nets. That game should have tipped off already, correct? Six o'clock, I believe. So it's right um, at six oh four Central Time right now. So. And I took the over. Okay. The over was it? I got it at two forty. I, I was a little late to the party, but high overs have been cashing in insanely amount. 
you know, you're thinking that, hey, 240, you got to get a 120, 121 game. But they've been cashing in. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I tell you, if if you're going to take the over, if you're going to bet over-unders on this game, I don't want to take an under watching Brooklyn. Man, that's torture. We'll see. We'll see how the series plays out. But I took Milwaukee with plus points. I think I got them at plus four. Okay. Three and a half. There was there was a reverse line move, is what I what I'd seen. Yeah, I'm excited to watch that the rest of that game. I'm sorry, it tips off at six thirty, so we should catch most of that. Just a quick thing, and one of the systems that I identified reverse line movement. The Brooklyn Nets was getting a majority of the bets, but the line was falling the other way. Usually, you would think that the line if a team's getting most of the action, the line's gonna gonna chase them to kind of level out, but what this tells you whenever you see the line falling the other way is that the handle is falling to the other team. So a lot of money, big money, smart money is betting on Milwaukee in this case, and it's causing the line to fall. So that's it just on tonight's game. I know you got some conference odds. Uh, there was one that I really like your uh, explanation on. Yeah, uh, we can talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah, just looking at the uh, conference winners' odds um, to come out of the East and the West. Um We'll talk about the Western Conference first. Uh, the point I was making uh, before we started recording was um, now that now the Lakers are out. <laughs> I'm not trying to just piggyback off the Lakers again, although I thought healthy they were still the best team. I just think that looking at the remaining teams in the West, I'm not 100% sold on any of those teams to be true title contenders and to make it out of the West. Somebody's going to make it out of the West. That's how this works, right? Yeah. So – I was just looking over the odds. Right now, the Utah Jazz are the favorites at plus 120, followed by the Clippers at plus 260. Um, the Suns are sitting at plus 280. And then Denver is at plus 900. That's an interesting bet also. I just saw that. We need to talk about that. But the one I'm thinking here is um, the Dallas Mavericks. Um, you have game seven coming up tomorrow night with the Clippers. Still, the, this is the last series. It's in round one. The odds for them right now to come out of the West are plus 2,000. The argument I was making is if they win game seven tomorrow night, those odds are going to drop. They're going to drop. Drastically. I would say maybe even probably around the Denver mark right now at plus 900. You probably you may see them around. You may get them at plus 1,000. But my point being is if you think that Dallas has a good chance of winning, they've won three games in L.A. already. If you think they can go to L.A. tomorrow night and win game seven. You go ahead and you, you pull the cord. Just, just just take a flyer on this bet because, I mean – Again, looking at the other teams, who would they play? I'm sorry if they – this would be the – I want to say they play Utah. And I think they could go seven with Utah. Right. And, and again, Utah's a great team. I'm just not 100% sold that Utah's this favorite, absolute favorite to come out of the West. No, and plus 120 is not – Exactly. And I guess what I'm saying is you're not going to get plus 2,000 odds. After, on, after game seven. And Yeah. The series odds, you may get plus 300 on the Mavericks against Utah. So – um, I'd go ahead and take a flyer on that plus 2,000 if I'm a Mavericks believer just to go ahead and get that value um, before game seven tomorrow. Like I said, I just saw the Denver Nuggets odds. Uh, Jokic is still playing at a super high level, man. Um, they're they're going to be matched up against uh, the Suns. So Hold on. I want to talk about something. Okay. I'm going to go on a quick little rant. What, what was the double overtime game, Portland? Game five? I thought that was uh, yes, yes, yes. Game five, at the end of regulation, mm-hmm. that foul on Austin Rivers, which was such bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't even touching him. And they call a foul. And then, at first they called a shooting foul. Video review, they said, oh, foul on the floor. 
because his hand was where his hand normally is. I mean, how many times in basketball do you see guys as they're guarding somebody, their hands on the back, the, the small of the other player's back, just kind of yeah, holding yeah. resistance? That's not. It's not the type of call you expect to see in the playoffs for sure. Yeah, and especially not at the end of regulation. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I mean, I'm glad the, the foul was called because I cashed the over. I was about to ask you if you, if you lost money because. No, 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 no. I cashed the over on that, but I was, I, I was highly upset that those calls can be made. Yeah. So, um, out of the five teams I listed, um, what, which way would you lean if you had to, Man. You had to pick right now? I mean, because realistically, like I don't think we're either one of us are sitting here thinking the Mavericks are going to be the team that comes out of the West. No, I don't think they're quite there. Luca's a phenomenal. He, I mean, looking at. Man, this is no disrespect to Kawhi or Paul George. I mean, yeah, actually, total disrespect to Paul George, whatever. We'll, we'll talk about him later. We can't talk about disrespecting players if we're not going to talk about LeBron James not shaking hands. At well, the- we'll get to that in a second. But um, Luka may be the best player left in the, in the Western Conference. Um, he, he's phenomenal. I just think they're, they're, they're a piece away from, uh, Very much. from, I, being, from being a contender. I still feel, after watching that series – the Clippers are the most mentally tough team in the division. Down 0-2. To, Down 0-2. To lose both those games at home and then come back and uh, – Went on the road. Everybody was bashing them. They're no good. So, has the home team won a game yet? No. No, I think it's been – Wow. Okay. I think it's been uh, the visiting team. Uh, so, you want to get in the Eastern Conference or do you want to yeah, talk about LeBron real quick? If you want to go yeah. talk about LeBron, go ahead. Man, you, you lose the game. Yeah. Game six – they lose. Yeah. Okay. And they get blown out 20 points. What, 20, 30 points. I was heavy on the Lakers for game seven. Game five. They only went yeah, six. Yeah, five. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Five and then six. Right. I was heavy on them on six because there was a system of playoff teams from last year that got blown <laughs> out the previous game. They usually come back and win and cover. Um, it was a system that I liked. But regardless, LeBron leaves the arena five mm-hmm. minutes left to, yeah. to go. Wasn't a whole lot said about it. I think maybe he was a little tight or or whatever. Game six, you lose that game, you go shake the guy's hands. You congratulate them. Anthony Davis had no reason of being out on the floor, mm-hmm. but he sat there and shook everyone on his hands, gave him hugs, told him good luck, congratulations. He did the right thing. Yeah, you're a professional athlete that pe- that kids are looking up to you. You do the right thing. Those those little small things are doing the right thing. I'm not going to disagree with you 100, percent but I mean I think when you're you're talking about a guy who expects so much more than what you know we saw out of himself and his team, and um, I think he's human, and I think people get frustrated, and and and, and look, what I'd say I would agree with you if after the game he went straight to the media, started bad mouthing his team, bad mouthing his opponent, saying making excuses and all this, that, and the other. You know, we saw the picture where he signed a jersey for Devin Booker, went and saw, congratulate him and everything. So I, I can understand as a human and being a competitor myself, man, I hate to lose. I don't care if we're sitting here playing checkers. Like, I understand, I, I, but you still got to shake your hand and say, hey, you were the and, better person. And I'm today. not saying you're wrong about that, but I think we ought to give a little leeway for a guy who expects to win a championship, who never lost in the first round before, for a little bit of frustration to build up. And, and that's fine, but Anthony Davis – who, if he would have look, Anthony it, Davis spent a long time in New Orleans. He's used to losing. Like so, I mean, I, I understand. <laughs> like, so I did see where it started coming out in the media that New Orleans is planning on parting ways with Van Gundy. 
Oh, thank God. Um, Me too. I'm planning on parting ways with Van Gundy as well. So, so there's my little rant for that. Uh, let's go to the east. Joel Embiid is, has a meniscus tear. Oh, man. Um, so you can look at, and, I, and this is just me, I look at this one of two ways. I want to say before, man, we'd have to go back and like look at our references from the first couple of podcasts, but uh, Philly was my pick to win. They're now at plus 400 to make it out of the East, which I think is a little bit better odds than what they were. Correct me if I'm wrong there. I would have to. I think back. it's around. May, what I'm saying is they're now the third favorite to come out, obviously. You got um, Brooklyn as your favorite at minus 143. Milwaukee is plus 260. Philly plus 400. And the Atlanta Hawks rounding it out at plus 1,600. So do you think without Joel Embiid, do you think the Hawks can beat beat Philly? I think it's a close series. So, yeah, I think it's a toss-up. I mean, with players like Trey – I mean, yeah, Trey Young's taking a, taking a step forward for sure. He played really well in the New York Knicks series. So um, you're talking if Joel Embiid's not playing, correct? I don't think he's going to have much of an impact if he is if playing. He, if, he, if he's out there, I, I still think that Philly can, can win that series. I don't – I wouldn't feel comfortable – I guess what I'm saying is I'm going to start looking at alternative bets to get away from Philly for the title contenders. Again, guys, we don't we don't bet on injuries. We don't say. Right. I mean, and you, we always knew this was a risk with Embiid. Like, when you, anytime you pick Philly for anything, man, he's so good. He's so good. It, it would have been fun to see yeah. them up against him. I, I hate to see that. Because, I mean, you're talking about – I mean, who would have thought going into the playoffs that um, the East would have been the – the better division, yeah. Like this, like you're you're getting Brooklyn and Milwaukee starting tonight. What a phenomenal series! And then we were hoping that the winner of that series would get to play Philly with a healthy Joel B. Like just two. And I'm gonna tell you, series. it's been some great basketball this this series yeah. or this whole season. I agree. I've I've enjoyed the hell of it. And now the fans are back, it's even better. So, me looking right now, um, I I like the way Milwaukee's playing. Um, so if I had to pick right now, I would lean towards Milwaukee at plus two sixty. To, uh, but if you're going to do it, you do it before this series finishes. Well, you do it here the next 10 minutes, actually, before they win game one. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not, again, not guaranteeing they're going to win game one. Brooklyn come out and put up 140 tonight. But if Milwaukee wins the series, those uh, those odds are dropping even more. That's right. So, again, this is just to close it out. This is something that if you feel strongly with a team now because you think the East is wide open or the West is wide open, you jump on it. Now, and by the time we get this podcast out, it may already be too late. And, and here's a good point, and just to kind of piggyback off of that. Um, if you go to the series lines, uh, Brooklyn is minus 200 to beat Milwaukee. If you take Milwaukee, you get plus 160. Why not just go ahead and take Milwaukee at plus 260? The teams they're going to play, if, if they get past Brooklyn, the team they're going to play in the next round is a very inexperienced Atlanta Hawks. I think we would both take Milwaukee over the Hawks at this yeah. point. Or a injured. And, or a hobble Joel Embiid. Yeah, because Ben Simmons isn't going to go seven games carrying the t- No, carrying. he's not that type of player. Uh, um, phenomenal player, great defensive guy, defensive player of the year in my opinion. And I mean, Tobias Harris steps up and plays awesome ball, but it's still not. I just don't think they're – I'm with you. I don't think they're there. What I'm saying is plus 260 sounds a hell of a lot better than plus 160 to me. That's uh, right. So go, go ahead and get that value now. All right, Devin, here we are, NFL, starting to analyze the lines and somewhat handicap these games, finding value. And I think I've identified something, even though it's early. And granted, we don't know injuries. Yeah, it's very early. We hadn't done training camp. I'm looking at projected starters. But this is something that stuck out to me. My New York Giants are going to Denver, and 
the Broncos are a one-point favorite. So usually, home field advantage is roughly two to three points. Yeah, usually three. Um, Denver gets – If they think both teams are even, the home team's going to get three points. They're going to be laying three. Giving three points, yeah, sorry. Denver's a little bit more because of the altitude. So three and a half points is what I'd say. As you see with the line, the bookmakers think the Giants are a better football team. Denver's at home, so they're going to give them the three, three and a half points, where Giants is only a one-point dog. I don't think you find any better value than this. I don't think the line's going to go the other way. Mm-hmm. My reasons for this, and I'm just going off of our fantasy football scores. You go back through the last, I don't know, how long has our league? Our league's been in this. Over 10 years. Over yeah. 10 years. Week one is one of the highest scoring weeks of the season. And I can't tell you why. It's just a better offensive week than the rest of the weeks. And just to kind of put it into scale, the average score in our league for week one is like 156, 158. Mm-hmm. Week two through week 15, 16, it's like 123, 124. So yeah, offense right. is extremely better week one. Due to game planning, whatever. Whatever the reason is. So when I'm looking at this, Teddy Bridgewater, who, who I'm assuming is going to be the starter. Now, and that may change, but I'm assuming Denver didn't trade Teddy Bridgewater or trade for him just so he could sit on the bench. He's coming into a new system. He's just going to have training camp, really, to get acclimated with the receivers, build up some kind of rapport. I, I think Teddy struggles a little bit in week one. I don't buy Denver's running backs. I, I'm not – I don't think they can run the ball – as well as Saquon Barkley can. Yeah, Giants had a pretty good run defense as well, didn't they? I know yeah. at the end of last year they did. Giants defense is underrated good, mm-hmm. or it was last year. I mean, we'll see how this shakes out, losing some guys. But I still think the Giants defense is good enough to slow down that offense. Teddy Bridgewater, just because of the mistakes, the nervousness Teddy Bridgewater is going to have week one. Yeah, and that, uh, and that makes sense. Uh, me, personally, I like to wait a little bit on NFL as far as, you know, get through a couple weeks of training camp. We do get preseason again this year. Um, and, but I get I get what you're saying. Um, it, this may be the best line you get the Giants at um, because if there are no major injuries, Saquon's back. You know, the addition to Kenny Galladay, third year for Daniel Jones. Or third Kyle, or fourth year. Third year. Third Kyle year. Rudolph. Um, yeah. You know, they may they may very well be, you know, laying, laying two or three points by the uh, time week one gets here. So if that's something you think, then yeah, you're 100 right to go ahead and jump on that. Um, me, I, I, I like to wait really with NFL to the week of. I'm, I'm not a big fan of going ahead, and, and but I'm not saying I'm disagreeing with you on what you're doing. Just my personal preference. I know, like producer Tim identified Oakland versus Baltimore. Oakland getting four and a half at home. Yeah. I don't know how I feel with that pick yet. Uh, well, we talked about it a couple weeks ago when it was just me and you. Um, I really, st- I, I'm still a Baltimore believer, so I, I personally don't see where. Unless he thinks Aaron Rodgers is going to Oakland. Well, I was just about to say I don't see where Oakland's improved all that much, so um, I, I could see really Baltimore just whipping their ass. <laughs> to be honest with you. Fair um, enough. Lamar Jackson. Um, now there was another one he liked. It was Cincy getting three, three and a half. Uh, three. Um, I'm against sure Minnesota. I think they're at home getting three. And, and and I understand that. Uh, and I understand where – and, look, home dogs in week one, I understand. Like you said, the offenses are better. So, if you're telling me that, you know, Oakland or D- uh, Derek Carr is going to 
light it up in week one. I mean, not even light it up. Just keep pace with Lamar Jackson. I can understand getting the four and a half points at home, taking the home dog. That may be something that we look at, like research a little bit and see how home dogs do in week one. I don't like laying that bet right now. I don't like laying either of the two Tims identified yet. And I'm not saying they're not good bets. But a month from now, I may like them as I'm doing more and yeah. more. Re- you're well, starting to get more and more well, information. Especially with Cincy. I'd like to see Joe Burrow uh, officially confirm that he's going to be back. Of course, he's saying all the right things. The team's saying all the right things. Look, any anytime somebody's in rehab and tears ACL, rehab's going better than expected. That's like, right. That's what they say. It's just how like, – I want to see him throwing some footballs. Yeah. And look, I think Joe Burrow will be back to what he was. Um, but I, I want to see it before I even start betting on them for sure. So, guys, we're going to start diving into these lines. We may identify some line movement weekly and kind of we'll talk about that. And, again, if you don't feel comfortable betting this early on it, don't bet this early. But if you're looking and this is a game you have identified, then you you bet it. Yeah. Well, yeah, look, the one good thing about waiting is you're not going to get less information <laughs> by waiting. That's right, but you may not get the best best number. That's true. Here we go, Euro 2021, 2020, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, officially called Euro 2020, happening in June of 2021 due to COVID. Just talking about soccer, football, whatever. Monder did cash last week. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, look, I I didn't care about anything as long as Chelsea won. I don't know if I pointed out that I'm – Huge Chelsea fan, so us winning the Champions League final, man, what what a day that was. So, but yes, you're uh, you're under cashed. Uh, it was a one zero game, good bet. I, I didn't care if we won forty one to forty. It didn't, didn't matter to me. Obviously, that'll never happen in soccer, but so it didn't matter to me. So with the Euro twenty twenty, a lot of people are, pr- are probably looking. They don't really have a lot of information as far. A lot of people don't bet soccer, right? So somebody's just trying to get some information, trying to look, trying to bet. Yeah. It can be a little overwhelming. It can be. I mean, especially you, you, you know, pretty good bit of teams. And normally, the 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 favorite countries you can look at, and if you watch a little bit of soccer here and there, you'll recognize their star players. And it can get a little overwhelming. Well, who 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 has the best team, and who do I go with? So we can try to identify that real quick. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, this is all you. Uh, yeah. Um, so I think uh, we talked about it probably about a month ago at this point. Tim had brought up that he really liked uh, Spain at plus seven hundred. You know, Spain's consistently a really good team. Uh, their odds have actually uh, gotten a little bit better. They're sitting at plus 800, so that's something he identified before we started recording today that he really likes. Um, and Any major reason? Or no, just... uh, I guess maybe just other teams' odds have improved a little. Um, okay. But, uh, there's been no major injuries or anything like that for them. Now, his surprise pick was Sweden at plus 10,000. He has kind of went away from that. Um Sweden had a major injury. Yes, uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I mean, I just butchered that. I'm sorry. Uh, Tim's going to be really disappointed in me. Um, he is out of Euro. He will not be playing. So um, now they did reach. Uh, they did really well in the World Cup without him. But uh, I think he's he's been playing really well. Older guy, but uh, I think that was a big reason that Tim had taken them. Uh, just a couple of teams that I like. You know, I, I like a lot of the favorites. Soccer to me, it, it's about talent. Like normally, the better teams. Are gonna do well. Um, I like England sitting there at plus five hundred. Um, if you watch the Champions League final, a lot of the English players were on display: Reese James, Mason Mount for Chelsea, um, guys that are gonna be on England squad who are playing really well right now. Um, so I, I think England can go into this and make some noise. So, do you think England will be an underdog in any of their matches? Um, yeah, it's possible. I mean, 
Uh, I, I want to say, depending on how the group of death goes, one of those teams coming out of that will play England in the knockout round. So depending on how they play in the group of death, it, it could be close. Okay. You know, I mean, if England kind of underperforms in the group but still makes it out, you know, maybe doesn't look the best and, You'll get you know, Germany comes out like fire and even though they finish second in the group, you know, there's a bunch of different scenarios how this could work out. Okay. Um, if a Germany comes out and they're matched up against England. Germany's a real young team, right? Yeah. Um, I think they have called up some of their veteran guys to uh, be a part of the roster. Hard to look past Portugal, plus 800. Cristiano Ronaldo, they're defending Euro champions. Tim also likes the Netherlands, mainly uh, at plus 1,200. Uh, he identified that their uh, their group is a pretty easy group, so he expects them to come out, and their path in the knockout round seemed to be a little bit easier. Something to look at. Okay. So, guys, we won't have an episode next week. Devin and Tim will be on a golf trip. Yep. I'll be getting ready. I'll be uh, heading to Pensacola, Florida. So, again, check our social medias, Twitter, Instagram. We'll, we'll be pick, throwing out picks, um, hopefully cashing tickets. I know y'all staying right there in Biloxi. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll be at the um, Beau Rivage Sports Club for sure. Oh, that's so nice. All right, Devin, another successful episode. One more thing I wanted to throw out there to you uh, this past week. I don't know if you saw it or if you got the news. But Louisiana state legislator finally approved sports gambling in the state of Louisiana. Oh, nice. So we're going to have sports books open. They hope by the first week of September. Oh, man. Online, retail, kiosks, the the whole nine yards. So no restrictions either. We better bet on the Saints, LSU, Tulane, local teams, the Pelicans, whoever. So it's it's really going to be nice. We'll have to get together, go to the book. Yeah, you know. and, and I really think that's going to improve the quality of this podcast, too. And the reason I say that is, you know, we sit here and we talk about a lot of these bets, but we we don't have a lot of access. Unless you got somebody across the line proxying for you. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, me and Tim, like you said, like uh, Jared said a while ago, we're going to Biloxi next week, so we'll be able to enjoy that experience. But um, once it's readily available here in Louisiana, like I think at that point is when we take even deeper dives into value and – Identify stuff that we're doing each and every week. That's um, right. So I think that just that does nothing but improve the quality of the of the show. So again, gamble responsibly. We promise no locks, no guarantees. We just give you picks that we've identified. Um, picks that I make because I have a proxy in Mississippi. Devin and Tim will be gambling while they're on their golf trip next yep. week. But yeah, hit us up on social media. Let us know what you think about the show. Let us know what we can improve, man. Like you know, hit hit us with some criticism. I think that's, yeah. uh, that's the only way we'll get better. Yeah, like if you want to say producer Tim's a, a douchebag, go right ahead. I already left that comment. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just go hard at then. <laughs> All right, until next time. Appreciate you guys.